Yo, what up, dogs, and welcome to the seventh episode of the Fantasy Football Dogs Podcast. I'm your host, Josiah Panther, and today it is just me and my good buddy, Micah Burge. Say what's up, man. I'm doing a little duo thing here. Yeah, our good buddy, Nathan McDonald. Uh, you know, of course, we all have real life jobs, um, and he is very busy with work at the moment, so... He's gonna have to sit this one out, uh, so it's just gonna be me and Micah. But we're gonna we're gonna carry the load here, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna be able to. You'll be able to hear a little bit more about what me and Micah think today. And uh, I, you know, personally, I think we got the two of the three best opinions on the episode, anyways. So, oh, I personally think that a lot of people are happy right now. Yeah, definitely. The the yeah. crowd is cheering. It's a good. It's it's. It's uh, like it's, a buddy cop thing about to happen, you know. <laughs> no we're just we're just we're just playing with you man we miss you nathan and yes. uh we look forward to having you back uh at our next episode but uh we're gonna talk about the afc north today um but i think before we get into that um there's been some rumblings for the past week or two about russell wilson and I didn't really buy them at all at first. I didn't think much of them, but they're starting to look more and more real. Michael, where are you at right now? Where's the temperature check? Do you think that's happening? Do you think he's just trying to maybe exert some pressure on um, the Seahawks offense? What do you think's going on? Well, first off, he's trying to assert dominance within the organization. That's his opening move that he's trying because I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he's just trying to get some more power, get them to actually listen to him because it would just, it would take so much to give up Russell Wilson. And even though I, I love Russell Wilson, I think he's great, but he is a little bit older. And if you're not built for win now, you know, is it really worth giving up potential four first round draft picks? And I don't think it's going to end up happening, but. I also, when I first heard about the Giants giving Odell an extension and him getting traded, didn't think that was happening. When I started hearing about DeAndre Hopkins getting traded, I'm like, they're not trading D-Hop. So normally when these things begin, you're like, oh, no, there's no way it happens, and then it just somehow ends up happening. So uh, I don't know what to think, but I would lean on him staying in Seattle, but I could also be incorrect. Yeah, I think it's interesting to me that he named uh... – he said his exact words from his agent were he doesn't want to be traded, but if he were here are the four teams that he would want to go, which is almost saying, Hey, these four teams go ahead and send your offers to the, to the, to the Seahawks and see if they'll bite. Um, so I find that interesting. I mean, I, I agree that I, I wouldn't expect him to leave, but it's uh, I, up until this point, I haven't had any reason to believe that he wants to leave the Seahawks. And now that he's named specifically, I think there's the saints, the bears, um i'm blanking on the two the other raiders and the cowboys raiders and the cowboys so yeah raiders was kind of a question mark to me uh on there um russell's yeah, too of, good to be the quarterback in sin city right i kind of understand a couple of the or the three other teams i could see them you know they have good defenses to no. support him but... there's no way the saints can trade for him i refuse oh, to let that oh, happen oh, no, no, or no, no, no. i hope I that roger goodell vetoes it like he did the chris paul trade no i don't think i don't think they have the capital to do i just understand Either. him wanting to go there i, I, I understand that's, it that's uh but that, that being said it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening with that as it progresses uh currently this is um saturday february 27th Seven. and so we, um, you know, we'll see how that progresses. And maybe by the next episode, we have some more to talk about on that front. 
but and um, I will say if he does end up getting traded, I do think the Bears are the most likely situation for him. Well, he seems to really like the Bears and you know there's been some talk of him maybe posturing in the future to be an owner or GM and uh, I think he's trying to kind of make this Elway story of turning around a historic franchise when they were down in the dumps. So I think maybe Chicago's his best bet at doing that. Uh, that's just a, a, an article I read. I don't know how much truth there is to that, but it's an interesting perspective. And how cool um, would it be to go to a team and you immediately, the day you get traded there, you were the best quarterback that's ever played for that franchise. Hands yeah. down. Wouldn't be hard. Yeah. Wouldn't be hard to beat out. I guess Jim, Jim Nagy at this point. So uh, yeah, but uh, Jay smoking Jay Cutler. Oh uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, have you heard about his girlfriend? Do you know who his girlfriend is? Yeah. Tommy Lauren. Good. Yeah. I, no, I mean, Oh man. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, like, if she just admitted to him that she was completely full of shit all the time and they just kept going, maybe, you know, I'll let him slide, but Oh, yeah, that 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 is interesting to me. But uh, with that, we will move on and we'll get into the bulk of our episode, which is to talk about the AFC North and all of the fantasy viable options that exist within those teams. Um, the first alphabetical team in this di- in this division is the Baltimore Ravens. So we will start there. And big trust, big trust. You got to start with Lamar Jackson. Um, why don't I? Why don't I let you start on Lamar Jackson, Micah? I'd like to have you open and and see how close we are in our opinions of of, of Lamar. I love Lamar to death as a person, and I like him as a player. He's a great dude, great teammate. Um, he just goes all out every single week. He doesn't leave anything left on the field. He even runs to the locker room and poops real quick, and then he comes back and he throws down touchdowns. That's what Lamar does. But there's also the part of Lamar who is an average passer, and I think he can work on it. His first full year, I mean, he was hitting people deep. He had, I think he had the most touchdown passes thrown that year. And I think he only threw six interceptions, if I'm right. Yeah, 36 36 touchdowns, six interceptions, yep. And, um, And that's in 2019. Yeah, and this year, yeah, he had an off year, but this year was so weird with the pandemic and everything going around. And when he got COVID, it took him a little bit to get back. But we also saw that with Cam Newton. He got COVID, and he wasn't the same afterwards. There's players in the NBA bubble who got COVID before, and they had come back and just looked awful inside the bubble. So maybe, you know, he just got, like, hit with it, and it messed him up a little bit. And then he started regaining strength. They won a playoff game. He played terrible against Buffalo. But it was just his rushing ability. And I think the way he avoids hits, and he usually slides or runs out of bounds – I don't think he's going to stop playing as early as people think. And once they get receivers around him, which we'll get into later, I think it could really boost his production because he doesn't really have a catching like traffic guy or a guy who can moss people that he really needs with his, you know, his accuracy not being the best, but still being good enough where guys should be going up to snagging balls. So, uh, yeah, I agree. I definitely agree with, with with pretty much everything you said there. So just to kind of touch on what you mentioned there, 2019 in fantasy, he was the quarterback one. He had 3,100 yards through the air, 36 touchdowns, six interceptions. He had 1,200 rushing yards and seven touchdowns. This past year, 2020, which he actually ended up playing the same amount of games in both seasons, so it's a pretty uh, 
pretty mirror right. comparison. Um, it was so convenient that he got COVID and was never able to miss a game in the NFL. Hmm, Roger right. Goodell. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. So yeah, he this year he ended up being the quarterback ten. So he went from quarterback one mm-hmm. to quarterback ten. Uh, he had 2,700 uh, yards passing, 26 touchdowns, nine interceptions, so not nearly as good of a ratio. Uh, he still had just barely over a thousand yards and seven uh, rushing and seven yard uh, seven rushing touchdowns. So he regressed in every statistical category. He threw uh, you know more interceptions. He threw 10 less touchdowns. Um, he ran for 200 less yards. So. There are some worries for me there. I think the, the what that's a result of is just the NFL adapting and learning how to uh, defend a player better that they that they before didn't quite know what to do with or how to defend. Um, but that being said, I think I'm going to end up breaking him in Dynasty as my quarterback, either five or six uh, still. So that's right in the middle. He was quarterback one one year, quarterback ten another that's kind of me saying, all right, I'm going to take the average of that. And that's what I'm going to kind of expect going forward. Um, you know, there's people that are going to have him higher in the draft. I just did. He went as the, uh, overall number three. Um, what, what do you think, Mike? Do you, do you think you'd inch him higher? Do you agree with where I'm going to place him? What do you think? Uh, where you have him is where he should be. And I believe he's at the big thing with him is do you pick him or Kyler? And I think many people are going to pick Lamar over Kyler, but I would take Kyler because what does Kyler have better than Lamar? He has a way better arm. He's a little bit smaller, don't get me wrong, but he has a more accurate and stronger arm than Lamar does. And I think Kyler's probably going to outlast him in the league as well. I think he's going to put up more consistent numbers and last longer than Lamar. And even if you take the injury factor out for both players, yeah, he, you know, he's, he's two, two years younger. So I would expect him to, to definitely have a longer playing career. I would take Kyler over Lamar where for me, the, the I, I told you, I have him either five or six. What would the, the player that I would have at five, if I didn't have him is Justin Herbert, actually. Um, it's mm-hmm. uh it's, it's tough. I understand the rushing upside, but Justin Herbert actually had five touchdowns. So only two less rushing touchdowns mm-hmm. and he threw for over 4,000 yards. So when you're throwing for, he actually threw 1,500 yards more. Uh, you know, that's that's a pretty solid argument, and I think he has a better offense around him as well. Uh, so it's going to be a tough, tough decision there. Um, but, yeah, for me, that's where he's going to be. Um, is there anything else you got to say about where you have him ranked or or what you think about him? I think he has all the tools to get more accurate and become a better passer. And that's just going to – just from what I've seen of him, I don't know how more accurate he's going to get. Like, if you go back and watch the Pro Bowl Skills Challenge from last year when he's trying to do, like, the target practice, yes. oh, he's so bad at it. I'm like, dude, I know he wasn't trying, and you can tell he wasn't, like, completely focused in on it, but you're an NFL quarterback. You should be hitting all these things and not missing them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Just no instinct. It's just You should be able to do it. Yeah, I agree. Do you, do you, would you, um, would you predict or would you bet that he is going to ever finish as the quarterback one again? Or do you think that was a, I won't say aberration, but do you mm. think that's the only time he will do it? I, I just think it's hard for anyone to be like the top scorer in their position each year, given injuries and just what other guys end up doing, game scripts and everything. Mm. So I kind of want to throw him more like top three, and I think he can be. Like I think he will be a top three within probably the next like three seasons. One of those, I think he's going to have like maybe not an MVP season, but another great year where people are going to start 
loving on Lamar again. Stop giving him so much shit. All right. Yeah. I'd love to see that just cause I am uh, not a fan of the team as a Browns fan, but you know, it's hard not to root mm-hmm. for Lamar Jackson, the person. So uh, with that, we will move on to the rushing core uh, outside of Lamar Jackson, of course, uh, and talk about these running backs. And uh, the guy I think we should start out talking about for sure is JK Dobbins. Uh, he's got a lot of people hot and heavy this year. Um, I think uh, he was the, uh, the PPR running back number 23 this year. Uh, he had 134 rushing attempts for 805 yards, nine rushing touchdowns. Uh, didn't have a lot of receptions, only 18. I don't think he has much upside in that that regard, both because of his uh, Lamar and um, just 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 his game. But um, yeah, in in non PPR leagues, he he's going to rock it up at least five or six spots for me. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. What do, what do you got to say about JK? JK's good. We touched on him a lot back in the four, or the second episode when we did the running back or the first episode in which we did the running backs. And we gave you know pretty good detail on where we see JK Dobbins and going. And I want everyone to go back and check it out who hasn't checked it out yet, you know. I'm just doing a sure. little plug here. But on a real note for anyone who wants to keep listening to me and not go back to the last episode. And then if you come back now, J.K. Dobbins is the man. He will not be the only back running back in that backfield going forward. So watch out for that. So I've given it some more thought. And he's still going to be great. He's going to put up production. You should get J.K. Dobbins and have him. But I'm really interested in this backfield to see who the next guy is going to be. What if they bring in Todd Gurley on a one-year contract? Uh, I think I'd be more worried if they kept Gus Edwards um yeah, that's true but i you know i, 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 just, I want Gurley to play one more year and i feel like baltimore could be like the best place for him he could just be like a goal line back or like when they bad. get it third and fourth and one yeah yeah no I, I don't think that's too bad that's a good segue into us talking about uh gus edwards here mm-hmm. and uh, yeah he was actually a lot better than than people give him credit for both in real life and fantasy he was mm-hmm. uh the running back number 37 this year. So he was a running back three or right on the cusp of that. Um, but uh, I mentioned that uh, JK Dobbins had 134 attempts. Well, he had 144. So he had actually had more attempts, but a little bit less yards, 723. He had six touchdowns and uh, a little bit more receiving yards as well. So um, yeah, I think he's, he's a good guy, man. I mean, he's, he's, a, if he's your RB three or, I mean, I think you can mm-hmm. draft him as your RB four or five, even maybe depending on your draft strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a good guy to have. I have him on a couple of teams and he's a super solid plug and play guy. When one of my guys would get injured or have a bye week. So, yep. um, yeah. And then there was a weeks where JK Dobbins was down and he had way more value. I remember that actually was going to happen on that game that they mm-hmm. postponed, but then they postponed it enough where JK <laughs> came back and it was just some bullshit. But anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah, Gus, I, I think they are going to resign him. I think he wants to, he said he wants to be resigned mm-hmm. and I think they can get him on a friendly contract. So I suspect that's what's going to happen, but it would be interesting to see Mike, as you mentioned, who they would bring in uh, to be that, uh, that second RB uh, if he were not there, um, let's go back real quick to JK. And, uh, I just want to ask in dynasty, are you drafting JK Dobbins or are you drafting Dalvin cook? Oh, I'm taking Dalvin. Okay. That's an easy one for you. What about Camaro without breeze? That one's tough because he has the talent, and Sean Payton's just not going to forget about him. 
going into next year. And I, I, I mm, that's so tough. It's so hard. I, I think I would have to go where you're starting to think about Jacob. No, because I want to take I'm would take Kamara over JK. Okay, okay. But the, the signs are the, but the signs are there to take JK over Kamara. But I think I would stick with Alvin. Keep in mind, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Micah is a man who uh, actually beat me in our main league and our championship mm-hmm. this year on the back of Alvin Kamara's six touchdown, five touchdown, six touchdown, six touchdown game. Yeah, it. That was on Christmas, and it was brutal. And uh, I was actually down in Georgia visiting uh, Nathan, the other member of our podcast, and uh, it really soured my night. So, yeah, yeah, bad, bad times. Uh, Let me. it be known, had Kamara not played, I still would have won. So it wasn't just Kamara that got you. It wasn't no, but it was clear. That was the first game, and it was clear. Oh, that, that, yeah, that was just the from sign. that from that moment forward. It was clear but, that dude, I was not going to win. So there are people who had Mike Evans and Devontae Adams on their teams against people with Kamara and came back and won though, which I think is yeah. crazy. There are people who actually lost with him. Yeah, I heard some stories about that, but yeah, no, not Oof. I was not one of those people. Uh, that being said, Kamara is going to have a near and dear place to his heart. For me, I think I might take Dobbins there. Uh, the only thing is just the PPR upside and PPR leagues. I still think Kamara might be better for the next two or three years, but uh, but we'll see. It'll be interesting to see what the Saints do, and that'll give me a little bit more clarity. Uh, anything to add about uh, Gus Edwards? Um, and then lastly, I want you to mention if there's anywhere you think Mark Ingram can land that can uh, that can give him some fantasy value. Well, I think Gus Edwards would be dumb to not come back because the second running back role in the Ravens offense is the most coveted number two backfield in the league. And I don't know where else he's – I don't know where he's going to go to be the starter, so he's going to be at least the number two guy anywhere else. He needs to resign and play that position because if he goes, I'm loving to see who's going to take over that spot. And that's why I want to keep a real good eye on it. Um, so we'll see what happens with him. I don't think he's ever going to be an RB one, but RB two, three, you know, I think two is a ceiling and then Mark Ingram. Ooh, I want him to come to the Atlanta Falcons and I want him to mentor whatever running back that we take in this draft, whether it be ETN Gainwell, Javante. Oh, oh man. And maybe it'll happen. Yeah. I mean, they're getting rid of one kind of, spent guy and Todd Gurley. I don't know if they're going to be looking for another one from from the mentorship perspective. And he's still a bruiser. He can still get a couple of yards at the goal line. And I just don't know if he's, he can still also catch the ball. I just don't know if he's going to be getting a lot of yards after the catch anymore. But he didn't look spent this year is the crazy part. Like he just didn't, he wasn't in the game very much and he wasn't getting a lot of touches. Yeah. He he was completely inactive. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like I don't know if the whole COVID situation, something's going on, or like what happened. Maybe he needed like some time to like rest up because he is thirty. Is he thirty-one? He's definitely up there for a running back. And I think that he can go um, somewhere and kind of mentor. He's thirty-one. And mentor some younger running backs like he did Kamara, and look what he just did with J.K. Dobbins this past year. Yeah. And he's a great teammate. Everybody loves him. He's going to a team just on his like locker room presence alone. And he's just a guy, if you have him, just see what happens this year and see if he can go do something for one or two more years. 
Yeah, I could see I could see him being as high as a running back two or three again. I could also see him being mm-hmm. somebody you want to drop off your dynasty yep. roster this year. So that's kind of his range of outcomes. But we spent enough time on him. Uh, let's move on to these pass catchers. Uh, there's not too many to talk <laughs> about here. Uh, they got Marquise Brown, uh, who had a terrible first uh, beginning to the season. Um, he didn't score. Uh, he only had three games over 10 PPR points until re- week 12. And then after that, he didn't score below t- uh, 12 PPR points. So uh, yeah, he, he, he had a good end to the season, caught some touchdowns there, but really just bad, bad. I don't think he's going to be a wide receiver one. I think they got to, we'll kind of touch on this in a minute, but uh, yeah, I think they're going to have to bring in a guy to probably be the number one and he be the number two options. But uh other than that, as far as wide receivers, the only people person I see worth talking about is uh, Devin Duvernay. He's a rookie they got out of Texas this past year. Um, he had a couple of roles. He was a kickoff return and punt returner a couple of times. Um, I think he could see more going forward. Um, it's, it's, he might end up being their third wide receiver option. How valuable that is for a quarterback like Lamar Jackson I'm not really sure. Um, and then, of course, their main pass catcher is is the man Mark Andrews, um, who uh, finished his tight end six this year. Uh, he had 58 receptions, 700 yards, and seven touchdowns. He regressed from last year, but, um, you know, he's still Lamar's number one target. Uh, you know, I think he's still a valuable guy to have, but maybe not quite the stalwart that we all kind of thought he might be for a minute. Um Anybody to add to that group, Micah, or any comments to make about any of the guys I mentioned and uh, how you feel about them? I would like to talk about Marquise Brown for one second. There's not really anything against him. He's fast. That's about it. People trying to get Tyreek Hill, like we touched on Henry Ruggs before. And they just, they made a mistake in drafting him, just straight up. Like, let me tell you some of the receivers that went after Marquise Brown. You have Debo Samuel. A.J. Brown, Miko Hardman, D.K. Metcalf, Scary Terry. <laughs> Any of those guys on this Ravens offense would, ooh. If you, they, had like, a, and, they had a five out of six chance to get a good receiver. <laughs> and they oh, screwed up. And I, you know, and I feel fine saying that about the Ravens because, honestly, the Ravens are one of the best drafters in the league. So I like to shit on them when they don't when they make a mistake. And the thing with Mark Andrews, I like him. He's good. He dropped a lot of passes this year, which he wasn't the year before, which is just strange to me. And Lamar loves throwing the tight ends, and Greg Roman loves using tight ends in his offense. But he's he was just going so high last year. Remember, he was like the tight end, like three, four off the board. Yeah. And and if he's going, you know near that this year i don't want to get him just because of his little bit of a down year this year but it was a down year for the whole ravens offense true and another thing mark andrews has a similarity to cole Komet because mark andrews played for the university of oklahoma in the rose bowl and he diced us up just like <laughs> cole Komet, just tight ends over the middle i don't know why it keeps happening happening yeah. but um i it's, it's i like seeing you know and I just think that tight end such a weird thing. If he's had that one great year with Lamar, okay year this year, he's a guy you should get some stock in. Yeah, I mean, you know, the tight end landscape isn't exactly lush or uh, have a lot of depth. Uh, so I think, you know, he's still a guy you would want to have. Um, uh, last couple thing, uh, things I want to do here. Um, 
talking about uh, Hollywood Brown and Marquis. Uh, I'm sorry, and uh, Mark Andrews. Um, with Hollywood Brown, would you rather have Hollywood Brown or Michael Pittman? Michael Pittman. Uh, would you rather have Hollywood Brown or Debo Samuel? Mm, Debo. Okay. I had to think on that one, but I think I would take Debo. I think uh, I would agree with you both there. I would take both those guys over him, but it is those. that's about the range I'm starting to think about Marquise Brown for me. And with Andrews, would you rather have uh, Ant or Andrews? Ooh, Fant. Fant, but is that I, in, uh, only dynasty, uh, in only dynasty or redraft and dynasty? Ooh, I like him more in dynasty than I do redraft. I would probably take Mark Andrews and redraft, Fair. but no Fant in dynasty. Okay. All right. And uh, before we move on to our next team here, I know we spent a lot of time on on the Ravens, but uh, hey, they're they're good. They're a good team to spend time on. Um, I think they're going to need to get, I mentioned earlier, they're going to have to address in free agency in the draft. They're going to have to address the wide receiver. I don't think they need one wide receiver. They need two wide receivers. I think Marquise Brown is a good number two wide receiver, but they need to get uh, a number one wide receiver. It would be awesome to see somebody like Allen Robinson or Kenny Galladay end up there. Um, and then, uh, and then, yeah, number three guy, maybe they can draft or I did mention Devin Duvernay, maybe he'll have a chance to be that guy, but he's more of a big body, uh, guy. Maybe they could put Marquise in the slot. Um, and then, uh, yeah, they, they have, uh, some, some, some free agents leaving on defense, uh, that they're going to need to address. Um, but yeah, I mean, they got a pretty solid defense. So I think their pass catching core and uh, maybe their O-line is getting old. So maybe I could see them drafting some O-line. Uh, yeah, what do you think? What do you think in that in that regard, Micah? Mm, you know who would be perfect for the Ravens? Julio Jones. I don't want it to happen. I thought, <laughs> and I don't think we're going to oh, trade no. Julio. But if we were to trade Julio, I think Baltimore would be a perfect fit for him. And I don't think he's going no. to Baltimore. I think we're keeping Julio. Don't. But if he had to go somewhere, I would be fine with him going to Baltimore because whoever gets to be that number one receiver in Baltimore, like, oh, Lamar's such a great teammate and a quarterback you want to play for, and you get a, some like great receiver talent that starts loving on him, oh, man, just I'm waiting for that connection to happen because it hasn't occurred yet in his career. So I think they're probably going to try to get a wide receiver. Yeah, and to be fair, answer. you know that's kind of the question that needs that's the question that needs to be answered about about uh, Lamar. To be fair, if he's a good passer, we need to give him you know surround him with some guys that can catch the ball a little bit more than yep. he's had to really be able to answer the question. So and keep an um, eye right, out if that, they do. Oh, I was going to say, keep an eye out if they trade Orlando Brown, because if they do, they'll get a first rounder for him, so they can be a team that has two first round picks and can expend it on places like wide receivers so we'll keep an eye on that great point yeah and if they do trade orlando brown they will definitely need offensive line help Mm. so yeah that that's a good uh that's a good point my friend um all right with our next team we have the cincinnati Bengals, and uh you know they uh they got a guy named uh mr joey burrow on their team and we mentioned we talked we talked about him on our rookie show he obviously had a great great season until his uh, brutal, brutal injury. Um, you know, I think we kind of cover most of that, but um, I, unless there's anything uh, new you have to, to talk about him, I got a couple of questions mm. regarding Burr for you, Micah. 
Well, let me tell you something about Burrow. It got me thinking earlier this week. I can't remember who put it out. Some website put out like their top 50 quarterbacks of college for like the last like 20 years or something like that. And they ranked Baker number one ahead of Joe Burrow. And I went, no, 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 no. Joe Burrow had the probably the best college football season of all time, won the Natty, 15-0. He's better than Baker yeah. Mayfield. I would draft Joe Burrow in Dynasty over Baker Mayfield, who we will talk about soon. But I, I, I just laughed. I was like, I can't believe these people. They're just going for clicks. Yeah, I mean, yeah, look, I'm a huge Baker fan. I'm probably higher on him than you're going to be, Mike, and that'll oh, be an yeah. interesting discussion coming up. But – yeah, 10 times out of 10, I'm taking Joe Burrow first. Um, that being said, I think currently I'm going to have him at my quarterback eight in Dynasty. The thing is, he could rock it as high as five or six if I knew he was completely healthy. I just, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to be the same guy with as brutal of an injury as that was. Um, but I do have a, or go ahead. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure they're getting Jonah Williams back, and they're probably going to end up with Sewell in the draft. And if they do, <laughs> Burrow. For sure. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Like I said, I hope he can still move as much as he can because that was a big part of his game. And, uh, you know, I, I'd like to see it before I invest in him. But that being said, there's a certain point where I'd have to take him. Um, let me ask you this, Micah. You have yes. Joe Burrow on your team. Mm-hmm. Would you trade him right now for the 101 for a chance to get Trevor Lawrence? Oh, ooh. like what straight up? Like yep, just yep. Joe Burrow. Just Joe Burrow for the 101. 101. And I mean that could be any rookie. I guess that could be any rookie, but specifically with Lawrence, I know you're a Jags fan. I I was interested to see what you might do there. I mean, they're both a part of terrible organizations. Yeah. Being honest, they're both not very well run. I think the Jags are better ran than the Bengals because the Bengals are one of the worst. Uh, they still haven't done enough yet, and it's just, oh, especially bringing in Urban. You <laughs> not think Urban's going to work out? Oh, I that one's tough. Ooh, I, I you know what? I would take Trevor Lawrence. All right, I, I would think take I would Trevor. Be- I think I would it's a, that might be a little bit like too much hype, but at the same time, like I think the injury, no, don't get me wrong. If I read something tomorrow, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow ready to start week one injury, completely not a problem. Then maybe I'll feel better. But I mean, there's been talk I've heard of him maybe sitting out for most of next season. So uh, if that I, were to happen, didn't he just hear his ACL? Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I, it was, I, it might've just been the ACL, not the MCL as well, but it, it was brutal. And, uh, Dude. I've, I've just heard talk about that. I don't know where that is at, at the moment. He'll but, be uh, back. Yeah. If he's not going to start, you know, for the first half of the next season, I would, I think I'd definitely take Lawrence there. Um, but yeah, um, with that, I think we can move on to the running backs here or uh, more like the running back. Um, Mm-hmm. And that is Joe Mixon. It's a the guy they just uh, signed for the next. Is it a four, five year contract? Uh, uh, I think it's, he has I think got it's four years. Yeah, it's four years because he's got three years left. And this okay. last year was his first year of it. Okay, so yeah, he's only twenty four. I think he's a tremendous talent. He got injured and a lot of uh, let a lot of people down this year. But um, 
Yeah, I think he's going to be a guy that's going to get underdrafted. People are going to forget mm-hmm. about him, and he's going to be a great – I mean, if you were to wait on running back and he ended up as your number one, you know, uh, there's guys I'd rather have certainly, but that's not the worst strategy you can employ. So, yeah, Joe Mixon definitely is probably going to be a sleeper, so that'll be interesting to see. Uh, what do you got to say about Mr. Mixon? He's got the talent, and he hasn't done as bad as people want to act like he has the last couple of years. Yes, he hasn't been what everyone drafts him to be each and every season, but he's not as atrocious as everyone acts like he is every single year. He dealt with an injury this past year, and he could have came back, but Burrow was done. They were tanking. They, there's no point. So I don't think his injury was as big a thing as it, you know, for the time length that he was missing. And like you said, he's going to go later in drafts, which is a perfect steal. If you start going for like quarterbacks, wide receivers early, and then start trying to get running backs like him and rookies later on, that that's a very very capable draft strategy of having Joe Mixon as your RB one. I think you'd be fine with it. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I might actually try to do that in a league. Um, that being said, who would you rather have? Would you rather have Joe Mixon or Miles Sanders? Joe Mixon. Oh, that easy. Yeah, that easy. I'm not okay. big on Miles Sanders, so that's why. Hey, that's fair. Yeah, I, you know, I have some hope for Miles uh, behind Nick Sirianni, right. um, and hopefully they can improve that offensive line. I, I think until they improve that offensive line, though, he doesn't have much of a shot. Um, what about Mixon or Josh Jacobs? Ooh, Mixon. Oh, interesting. Yeah, um, no, for uh, me, I, I think I would definitely take uh, Jacobs on the age there. Um, it's only it's only two years, but you know that's that's enough for me. Um, and lastly, last one I'll ask you for Mixon is Austin Eckler or Joe Mixon. Mixon. Okay. All right. So yeah, seems like uh, Micah might be higher on because for me that's a pretty difficult and, uh, decision. Uh, they're the same age. Um, I might trust the offense and 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 the chargers a little bit more but uh you know i i I totally understand just from a rushing upside mixed me and the guy for sure um there's giovanni bernard anything you want to say about him he's old he catches passes if if you need to spot start him when joe mixon's injured go ahead some people build dynasty and only think about the people they're going to have starters and like their cornerstones of their team and don't think about, oh, if I have injuries or like buys and all this, I need someone to play. I think Giovanni Bernard is a fine guy to have it on a buy, and especially if Joe Mixon misses a game or something, who you can slide him in. You feel better about just flexing him in general. Because I know when Mixon went out, a lot of people picked up Giovanni Bernard and a lot of people were starting him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And he's he's actually really thrived in that role before when Mixon has gone down. And Mixon has had a kind of injury prone past. Um but, uh, but yeah, with that being said, um, yeah, I think we can move on to these wide receivers here and, uh, talk about Mr. T Higgins and Micah. I know uh, we both had T Higgins as our rookie wide receiver. Number three, I believe. Um, I had him at yeah. number four. Okay. Okay. You had him at four. Yeah. Okay. You and Nathan so, yeah. had him at three. I went with Ayuk. Okay. 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 So, Actually, that's a question I had later. So you, uh, yeah, okay, Ayuka over, over Higgins. You already answered that one, but yeah, uh, why don't you talk about Higgins? How you feel about him moving forward? Um, how what what you see his upside being, and maybe where the range you might have him ranked being. Well, I love him because he's a six four wide receiver. 
who was a 6'4 wide receiver, Mr. A.J. Green. No, I believe he will be departing from the team. But I think a year under Green's tutelage for Higgins, I think it's huge for how he is going forward. And we saw his production this year. We saw what he can do. We saw what he could do at Clemson. He, he's just a guy who is going to be a great receiver. Like It's just the eye test you see him already. And that's what we loved about his last wide receiver class is how just great. And like I had him at number four and most times he's going to be top three, top two in most traps, but just because of how deep it was. So I'm taking Higgins pretty high. I, you got Joe Burrow lined up with, because they both got drafted the same year. They're pretty much lined up for most of their careers and they're going to have that connection. I mean, you know, go with Higgins. That's what I say. Yeah. Yeah. For me, he's going to fall somewhere uh, in dynasty, somewhere between 15 and 20, honestly, probably in redraft too. He might drop a little bit, but that's probably going to be somewhere in his range between that wide receiver 15 and 20. So solid wide receiver two had definitely has wide receiver one upside. Um, yeah. I'm definitely big on the guy as well. And I think as long as Burrow is healthy, he's going to blow up next year. Um, so yeah, that's exciting. Um, would you rather have T. Higgins or would you rather have Chris Godwin? T. Higgins. Oh, wow. Okay. Would you rather have T. Higgins or DJ Moore? Mm, T. Higgins. Okay. And would you rather have T. Higgins or Terry McLaurin? Oh, Scary Terry. All right. There we scary. go. Okay. So for people who play fantasy and do not watch the football team, and see Scary Terry or even watch, like, his actual highlights, because I'm sure people just go off of names and whatnot, watch this man. He is so much fun. He is one of my favorite receivers to watch play, especially with the horrendous quarterback play that's been going on in Washington. Yeah, if they can get a quarterback there, I think I would take uh, Scary Terry. But until that happens, and if that doesn't happen to my liking, I uh, before the season, I think I might take Higgins before T-Mac. Um I think DJ Moore, I would take over Higgins, and Chris Godwin, I also would take over Higgins. So uh, mm-hmm. that's uh, that, that's where I'm at with that. I, it'll be interesting to see where Godwin lands, but yeah, I you know I think uh, Higgins over T Mac for me. So I, I yeah, I actually disagreed with you there, but uh, yeah, uh, but that we'll move on to Tyler Boyd, AJ Green. Tyler Boyd is a super super underrated guy, man. I mean he so T Higgins mm-hmm. finishes the overall wide receiver 28. And Tyler Boyd finishes the wide receiver 29, but he has yep. not seen that way at all. Uh, he has 79 receptions, 840 yards, four touchdowns. That's the thing. You'd like to see him get more touchdowns. T. Higgins is definitely the bigger body down there in the red zone. Uh, but it, Tyler Boyd's a great slot guy, and he's super undervalued. In the startup draft I did, there was five rounds that separated them. And, uh, you know, Tyler Boyd's only 26, so I don't, I don't, think, uh, yep. I don't think that's quite justified there but uh, yeah he's gonna be a super great i think you can grab him as your if he's your wide receiver three that's that's killer you know so yep. um but you know even if he's your wide receiver two if you're if you're you know drafting wide receivers later or maybe going one stud wide receiver and then waiting uh if he's your number two that's that's great so yeah be on the lookout for his his uh adp as the season progresses and uh of course there's aj green who we all know and love as Georgia fans. Uh, the first, uh, the first Jersey I ever bought, uh, was an AJ green Cincinnati Bengals Jersey, uh, when he got drafted. Mm-hmm. So, uh, he's near and dear to my heart. Uh, I had several teams where I actually, I had three or four teams in a row where he was on my team and I would name that team, like something stupid, like AJ green eggs and ham or smoking AJ green or something <laughs> stupid. So, um, 
I had hide I, when Carlos Hyde was hide big. I had green. hide the green. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but anyways, yeah. AJ was was dear, near dear to me. I really hope he can end up somewhere and be you know somewhat valuable. I know I said this last week, but if Marvin Jones didn't end up with the uh, with, with the Packers, I think AJ Green uh, a, a decent landing spot for him. Do you have yeah. a spot you'd like to see uh, Green land? Uh, I think the Packers would be a perfect spot for him. I thought you were talking about Marvin Jones going back to the Bengals. I was like, no, nah, he was already there. He ain't going back. Oh no, no, I was just saying. I know, <laughs> yeah, I know. I already I used that used that example, but no, yeah. they're they're gonna need a receiver and AJ be perfect. A great veteran presence to have the opposite side of Devontae. He's been pretty much playing his own whole career with people younger than him. And so him to be the number two guy and not have as much pressure and have Aaron Rodgers a quarterback. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. Spot for him. And I just want for the younger listeners out there to know that when AJ Green and Julio Jones first came out of college, AJ Green was the third overall pick and Julio was the sixth. And everyone thought AJ was the prototypical wide receiver going to be great forever. And the Falcons traded up and got Julio. And I was so heartbroken that night. I have since been proven wrong. (laughs) and yeah. i would like to apologize for julio for doubting him but and i still love you aj but i know he he knows that julio is better than him <laughs> yeah that, that's probably true yeah um uh go, go, going back to boyd for just a second michael would you rather have robert woods or tyler boyd Ooh, that's in the wheelhouse together i ooh, you can't go uh, you can't go wrong with There's either one years. that i just i would let you know three uh woods has three years on on boyd so I would go with Boyd wow. just because of age. But in redraft, you're taking Woods for probably the next two years for sure. And what about Fuller? Will Fuller or Tyler Boyd? Mm, where's he going? Can he stay healthy? I'm sticking with Tyler Boyd. Too many question marks at the moment. We'll see where – if Will Fuller goes to – can you imagine if he went to the Packers? I don't believe they have cap space for him. Uh, something like that. Oh, yeah, I'm getting some Will Fuller because if he gets hurt, he gets hurt. I'm just going to – you know, roll the dice at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you there too. I would also take uh, woods over Boyd, uh, but then uh fuller, uh, I would take Boyd over fuller. So uh, yeah. Um, as far as their free agency and, Oh, um, they do have a tight end named drew sample. Uh, but we're about to move <laughs> into this free agency and draft where I know we've used this example a thousand times, but Kyle Pitts needs Kyle to go Pitts. to the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, uh there's a tight end hole because drew sample is not going to be the guy, but, uh, Along with that hole, they need to definitely they need the offensive line. Uh, honestly, I don't think they can get Kyle Pitts because if Kyle if uh, uh, Penny Sewell is there, they have to take him. Um, the Slater also uh, uh, Slater from uh, Alabama. He's gonna gonna be a guy that that they might mm-hmm. end up taking if Sewell did go to someone like the Falcons. But um, yeah, I you know I don't think they're gonna be able to get Kyle Pitts. But you know even if they ended up well, getting somebody like Brevin Jordan or. Um, mm. Oh, what's the other guy's name? Oh, I'm sorry, Foghorn I'm blanking. Leghorn. Uh, yeah, Foghorn Leghorn. No, there's a there's a there's another tight end uh, who has a long like German name. But anyways, uh, yeah, if they got somebody like Brevin Jordan, that'd be great. Maybe Hunter Henry from uh, the free agency to fill that uh, tight end role. Mm-hmm. But uh, but they have they have the cap space. They could get somebody mm-hmm. like that. Um, anything to add to their to their draft or free agency needs besides the offensive line, tight end? Well. When you're a team like the Bengals and you screwed up and won a game late in the season to end up with the fifth pick, they could have guaranteed that they got Sewell. But now they're in the land of, oh, he might fall to five, he might not fall to five. I personally do not believe that he's going to drop to their pick. 
And so I think if he's not there, they're going to trade down with a team, probably like the Panthers or the Broncos, if they haven't traded up yet, or the 49ers trying to get one of the quarterbacks. And so many – here's the thing. With a draft like this, with all these quarterbacks at the top, talent like Zuel is going to fall – and Slater, and Kyle Pitts. They could trade down with one of them and then take one of them while increasing draft capital. But if Sewell's there, they're taking him. He doesn't fall past five. They don't even blink twice the second he's on the clock. You take no trade offers for that man. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I th- I expect them to try to bring in some big uh, free agents on defense, mm-hmm. defensive line. And, Dude, you got uh, a rookie quarterback contract. You got you to gotta pounce on that nowadays. Unfortunately, that's just the way the NFL is. Yeah. When you have a guy like Burrow, you need to build around him. Like, you've had this one year. You got a high draft pick. Now's the time to nail that pick, fill up in free agency, and try to go all in. But it's tough in this division. Yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree. And – um yeah, I also do expect them to maybe bring somebody in to back up uh, Joe Mixon as well. But mm-hmm. uh, that would probably be a third or fourth round pick or even maybe just a free agent grab if Gus Edwards didn't stay, something like that. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, uh, with that, we can move on to my team. Oh, my secondary team, kind of my team. Uh, I live in Cleveland now, uh, so it's rubbed off on me. Falcons first, but... After that, it is the Cleveland Browns for me. So, uh, yeah, uh, Michael, why don't you share your thoughts on Baker Mayfield and what you think about him, uh, where you might draft him in Dynasty, and uh, yeah, yeah, just just uh, give us your give us your spiel on Baker. Well, I want Baker Mayfield to know that he better be glad that he lost that Rose Bowl to the University of Georgia. I would have hated him for all of eternity. There's nothing that man could have done to turn around my perception of him. Luckily, he fucked up towards the end and we win the game. And now I have no ill will against Baker. With all that being said, he is a good quarterback. He is not a great quarterback. I love his determination. He's a great leader. He's the perfect quarterback for Cleveland. And I think he's in a perfect situation, especially with Kevin Stefanski there, that if he doesn't start increasingly improving this next season, I'm he's still going to like be a starter, I think, for a few more years. I don't think he's going to be like in a Jameis situation. I think he has too much talent for that. I, I just want to see him put it all together because I know he can put it all together, and I just haven't quite seen it yet. Yeah, I agree with most of that. You know, I don't think he's ever going to be a top five guy or anything, but mm-hmm. this is in fantasy. You know, I think he's a much better real life quarterback than he is a fantasy quarterback. Um, uh, and and I think that's best exemplified uh, through his rushing style. He actually had 54 rushes, but uh, only for 165 yards. But what he does is he he gets the first down and then he's out of bounds. He, he doesn't doesn't take hits. He's not mm-hmm. trying to get that. He, he just he's really good on third. He's a great third down quarterback. Uh he, yeah, like I said, he scampers for those yards that he needs, and then he gets out. Um, he's uh, c- completes a lot of uh, you know sh- short intermediate passes um, in those situations, but he gets the job done and he moves the chains. And uh, you know, um, last year they had a big problem: the run and the passing game had a big problem in the red zone. But this year those problems were were fixed under Kevin Stefanski. And uh, yeah, he had a uh, 26 touchdowns. He uh, had eight interceptions, 3,500 yards. Um, so yeah, for me, you know, Baker and dynasty is actually ranked a little bit higher than some, some guys that you might be surprised by uh, both because of his age and because there's a lot of guys that just aren't in sure situations. Mm-hmm. And I do think that Baker, one thing he did this year was he, uh, I think he is going to be the quarterback of the future for the for the Browns. I think they will sign him uh, mm-hmm. to a new contract. 
Um, and so, you know, I think he's safe. He's, uh, you know, if he's your quarterback too, that's going to be fine for five years, I think. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think there's a, not a lot of guys, while they might have more upside or talent or be in a more pass-friendly offense, uh, there's not that security. And uh, if you're going for a mm-hmm. safe pick, um, yeah, I think he that's what he is. You know, um, he had a great end of the season. Uh, where he was actually a fantasy viable option, giving you over 20 points a game. But uh, yeah, I think uh, for me, he's he's really dependable. I have him at overall the quarterback number 12 in Dynasty. So right there at the quarterback one. Uh, Micah, I got a question for you. Are you taking yes. uh, – and of course, I understand most of these quarterbacks you'd probably take over Baker in redraft. But in Dynasty, mm-hmm. are you taking Aaron Rodgers or Baker Mayfield? Ooh, uh, I feel like it's one of those situations to where if you're taking Aaron Rodgers, if they're going, they shouldn't be going in the same range just because, because uh, I feel like Aaron Rodgers is more valuable than Baker Mayfield for if you're winning now and he's a great quarterback. If we're trying to win now and Baker's kind of like you said, a quarterback to safe pick. So, ah, uh, that's, mm. I can tell you in the draft I just did, Baker went right after Rodgers, which is which is why I thought that was yeah, interesting. Yeah, and I, I don't know. It's just it's just weird how some people value other players, and you just it just depends on where they're at and who's available when you're taking these guys. And that one's a tough one. Oh, I can like, tell you what this, round was it in? Uh, I believe it was either four or five in Superflex. Uh, okay. I, yeah, but. Uh, for me, okay. I think nine times out of ten, uh, you know, in redraft, I'm taking Rodgers, obviously, but I think I'm taking Baker there just because, uh, you know, even if Rodgers has one incredible season and wins me, you know, quarterbacks are hard to land on and getting that. Mm-hmm. You don't know how many of these rookies are going to end up being the franchise quarterback and get a second contract. So if I can get somebody I know has already done it and is going to be secure and, and get me some fantasy points for years to come. I think I'd take him there, but uh, a guy that's uh, two guys that are a little bit younger that I thought it was a little bit harder for me to decide personally, uh, Matt Stafford and Ryan Tannehill. What are your thoughts on Baker compared to those two guys? Ooh, I'm going with Stafford over Baker. Okay. I, I, I would take Baker over Tannehill because no offense to Tannehill, he's had one and a half good seasons and Arthur Smith is gone now. And I don't know how much he played in Tannehill's success. That's fair. And, you know, they're kind of similar guys. Uh, I think they're kind of, but, but the thing is, is Baker's 10 years younger, so, or not quite 10, about eight, but uh, yeah, you know, for me, I, well, I agree with you there. Uh, I would take Stafford. Go ahead. He's just, he's just in such a better situation because no offense to Baker and all his talents. He proves me wrong. He starts playing like to the potential. I think he can. Stefanski is a run first guy. We yeah. saw what he did with Dalvin and we saw a Chubman hunt who we will we were getting ready to go into. And I think that's the only thing that hinders Baker is that that defense is going to be so good. And they're just going to want to do what Kirby smart's been doing recently. It's like, we're going to run the ball and stop them on offense. And I don't just don't know if the like game scripts are going to be there for Baker. Yeah, no, that's understandable for sure. But yeah, that's actually a really good segue into the running game. So, uh, let's try not to spend too much time Mm. on this guy, but, uh, Oh, just so you people know, this is my favorite player in the National Football League, and uh, his name is Nick Chubb. Uh, any of uh, anybody that's friends with me on Sleeper and any of the leagues with me knows my avatar is a picture of me and Nick Chubb. Uh, met him a couple of times in college. We hung out one time up here in 
Cleveland. So, uh, yeah, he's uh, he he is my favorite player, um, both to watch and just for personal uh, reasons. But yes, uh, this guy is a complete beast. He only played in 12 games, but he finishes the RB 11. So he was still an RB one, only playing three fourths of the season. He had uh, just over a thousand yards and 12 touchdowns on the ground. So, yeah, this guy's a monster. It's awesome watching him run. Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, just moving into Kareem Hunt a little bit, uh, he compliments him super well. Kareem Hunt finishes RB10, which when I saw that, I had to do a double take. But, mm-hmm. yeah, he was able to – Kareem Hunt obviously did really well when Nick Chubb was gone, and even when Nick Chubb was there, he was always viable. So, uh, yeah, that was very and, – and and Kareem Hunt's a touchdown hound, man. He always uh, – he, he he can get there with the through, – with the – with his catches and he can get in there with the running. So, um, you know, I don't see them really threatening each other much. I mean, there are times where if you're a Nick Chubb owner, you're like, Oh fuck it. Kareem got the touchdown, but, uh, the, the combination of them is almost unstoppable. And for defenses, like no matter which one of them is on the field, they're going to be productive, you know? And so it's, it, I think if you took one out, like it might be a little bit harder for one to carry the complete load. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously Nick Chubb is the guy I'd much rather have. Uh, he's younger and I think he is more talented. Uh, but Kareem is, I mean, the best RB2 in the league, hands down. Um, mm-hmm. but go ahead and uh, share your thoughts on these two guys, Micah. Ooh, so I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but I believe at the end of this next season, there could be plenty of arguments that I think very fably favor Nick Chubb and being the best running back in the NFL. I talent wise, anybody who watches him sees what he's able to do. He has such a burst of speed. He has great vision. He has, he's a great catcher. He didn't get used that much for catching in college. You used Sonny Michelle and everyone thought, Oh, Sonny goes to the Patriots. He's going to be perfect for that offense and do way better than Chubb. Chubb goes to the Browns. And it's just like, Ooh, Chubb's fully healthy and he is tearing things up. And he's been a little hurt his first couple years, but I think he has the potential to be the best running back in the NFL, which Kareem does not have. And Kareem's only there for two more seasons. And this is Chubb's last year. So Chubb's either going to get franchise tagged. That's probably what they're going to do. They're going to franchise tag him and have him and Kareem um, the next two seasons and then move on from Kareem. And then they'll draft somebody or pick up a free agent and like give Chubb a contract because people don't want to pay running backs in the NFL. You pay Nick Chubb. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know, I think a lot of people, I mean, there was a, to, to, to be completely honest with you, the, the, the Browns nailed for about two or three years, nailed their draft picks. Uh, I mean, you know, you could argue Baker, you know, whatever they took him one on one. He wasn't bad. He's still their quarterback. He's getting the job done. <laughs> Took him to the playoffs he, for the first time in 20 years. So, you know, you can't talk too much about that. Nick Chubb, they got in the second round. They got Miles Garrett in the first. They got uh, the same year as uh, as as Baker. They got uh, Denzel Ward, who's become one of the best young cornerbacks. Uh, I mean, they have nailed their first-round draft picks especially, and uh, it's been really awesome to see. So, yeah, Nick Chubb, I think, is maybe out of all those guys been the most uh, – has been the cornerstone of turning around that franchise has been the most essential to that, to that turnaround. So, uh, you know, it's it's just a great guy. Uh, Go ahead, Micah. And when you speak about like how well they drafted, they like for as much as I think Baker can be better than what he was, if they would have taken um, Sam Darnold there, he would have gotten eaten alive in Cleveland. Yeah. So, and then, or if people are like, oh, take Saquon number one. Dude, they took Baker, and then they got Chubb in the second round. 
Yeah, way. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's just, and then they got Denzel Ward fourth, which is, you know, they needed a, you know, a defensive corner, even though they could have had Quentin Nelson or Bradley Chubb. They already had Miles Garrett, and Miles, dude, Miles Garrett is the best um, edge passer in the NFL. Aaron Donald's the best. Yeah, Aaron Donald's the best defensive player and defensive lineman. But from the edge, dude, Miles Garrett is a monster. And dude, he came back weird after COVID. Like, if you notice him after COVID, he played really strange. And so I can't wait. He, dude, he might win Defensive Player of the Year next year. Yeah, no, I mean, I really hope he does. I definitely agree with you too. He did. uh, He did kind of trail off at the end of the year. But uh, going back to these these running backs. um, Yeah. Where where do you think you I, for me I think Chubb is in Dynasty going to be RB six or seven he's going to be a little bit higher and might maybe four or five in I, redraft but do you do you have him around that range or higher? Dude, oh, I don't uh, I don't know where I would have Chubb honestly. It's tough for me because I can completely see that I'm looking through through rose colored glasses because I am a homer when it comes to Nick Chubb. And yeah. I also appreciate Cleveland because they seem just as beaten and battered of a fan base as the Georgia sports land fan base. So good job picking your secondary fan base, which is practically the same as your first. Right. That's true. <laughs> hey, at least one of them made it to the playoffs this year. Uh, at least one of us has gone to the Super Bowl twice. Yeah, that's, that's fair. That's, I mean, not, don't get me wrong. Falcons first, but it was just disappointing this year, but all right. I, I with that, uh, would you rather have Chubb or Zeke? Chubb. Do you rather have Chubb or Derrick Henry? Redraft. Chubb. Chubb both. All right. Dalvin Cook. Chubb. All right. Yeah. Well, that, uh, I think for me in redraft, Dalvin's, I'm, t- I'm taking uh, actually, redraft. Um, I'm taking Henry and redraft, but otherwise I agree with you. Uh, Dynasty, I'm taking him above all three, and uh, I'm taking him above Zeke and redraft as well. But think about it. He is like one Kareem Hunt punt away (laughs) from being like the only guy in that backfield. Yeah, you know, like I said, I'm not sure how much that would I mean, he he gets tons of production as it is just because of, I mean, I think Kareem Hunt helps him with his yards per carry and everything else, Mm so uh and and it helps him share the load so i you know i don't hate kareem hunt being there i don't know how much uh i think there's such a run heavy offense that they need two guys to help carry that load. you know so you know um for for kareem though i got a couple questions for you with you okay keep in mind kareem hunt finishes the rb10 this year uh would you and, and he's only 25 would you rather have kareem hunt or david montgomery david montgomery Kareem Hunt or AJ Dillon? Kareem Hunt. Oh, I want to do. I, I want to say AJ Dillon, but Kareem has like proven himself. I think AJ is going to prove himself. But yeah, yeah, you gotta go with Kareem. All right, last one, Aaron Jones. Kareem, but I feel like that's wrong because I doubt Aaron Jones like every year. So this could just be me doubting him and him just proving me wrong once again. Yeah, that's surprising. I think for me, I would take Kareem over Montgomery and Dylan. Montgomery's tough. That's tough. Um, but in it's redraft, close, I'll take, but... in redraft, I'll take Kareem, and in, in Dynasty, I'll take take Montgomery. Yeah. Uh, yep. But with Jones, I think Jones is. I would definitely take Jones over him in in both uh, formats. But um, all right, with that, we'll move on to these pass catchers and. 
Another guy I don't want to spend too much time on, but I do want to dispel this myth that I'm tired of hearing about Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, that the offense is better without him. Okay, I am so tired of hearing that. That makes no fucking sense. Like, anybody that says that is a fucking idiot. Like, he is a top 20 wide receiver in the NFL. Having him on the field helps. People say, look how much the numbers improved after he left. I understand that argument, but that also coincided, or after he got injured, not after he left. Uh, uh, I, that also coincided with the offense getting their bearings. He got injured in week five. I mean, they they weren't they hadn't figured it out yet with Kevin Stefanski, uh, Baker. Uh, you know, uh, what the thing that's the thing, the reason why people say that is because that very game, uh, you know, uh, Odell Beckham got injured on an interception that Baker threw, and then Baker just went on a tear that game for the rest of the game. So, but no, he. He, they need him on this team. And I mean, last year you saw in the playoffs, Jarvis Landry, uh, Rashad Higgins, both really solid number two options. Neither one of them is the guy you want to be your number one option. And, and Odo Beckham is that guy. He's the field stretcher that, that Baker didn't have uh, for most of the season. I'm so excited for him to come back now that this offense is established. And I really think he's going to be slept on. He was drafted in round eight. And that is way too late in the startup that I just did. Way too late. Uh, maybe you disagree, Micah. How do you feel about uh, Odell Beckham and uh, some of these other pass catchers as well? You need to buy, buy, buy Odell. Odell's value is so low, and I get it. He hasn't done that well the last couple of years. You know, he gets hurt this year and burns a lot of people, makes him mad. He's 28 years old. You know, he's kind of been a diva his whole career. But I'll never forget his rookie season where he just – dude, he almost had the same stats as Justin Jefferson did in four last games. <laughs> like he missed the first four games of the season wow. and just went on a tear. And, and, dude, anyone who had him in the fantasy playoffs knows he was scoring like 30 a game. It was wonderful. And that's the Odell that everyone remembers. And people want to be like, oh, he was just that, and now he's washed and whatever. No, nah, look at the game right before he got hurt against the Cowboys. This man had two rushes for 73 yards, one of them being a 50-yard touchdown, and he also had five catches for 80 yards and two more touchdowns, and he practically won that game for because the Browns. He threw, he threw a touchdown that game. No, Jarvis Landry threw a pass to him. Oh, to him. You're right. Yeah, you're right. yeah. And that's you know, Jarvis Landry. We'll get with – we're about to talk <laughs> about him. And <laughs> – um, but yeah, no, dude, Odell's like, dude, he's ranked so low on so many people's boards. You get him by trade for him. You're going to get him cheap. A lot of people are looking to unload Odell and I think they're going to regret it because he didn't, like you said, didn't have enough time to gel and the fancy's offense. Dude, this year with a preseason and a training camp, they didn't have that before the season. So it, that pretty much was like their preseason was them trying to learn things and then it gelled out. And the Browns would not have made the playoffs had they not won that game. So every Browns fan needs to thank Odell because without him, y'all wouldn't have destroyed the Steelers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, yeah. He's, he's, he's a monster. He's just, I mean, he, he really is. I mean, I know it hasn't seen this way the past two seasons, but he's a transcendent player. I mean, he's, he's one, he's the best athlete on the field nine times out of 10. Uh, so, He's, uh, you know, you got to keep that in mind. But uh, with that being said, Jarvis Landry, yeah, I, you, I know you touched on it. Such a consistently undervalued guy. Such mm -hmm. a 
consistently. So he pitches the uh, wide receiver 33 this year, and that's with like four terrible weather games that Cleveland had. Um, so this is his first year falling outside of the top 20 since his rookie year. And he's been in the league for six years. So uh, this guy is consistently, consistently undervalued. He's so talented. Uh, him and Odell on the field together is really is one of the best pairings. Uh, maybe not for fantasy, but just in real life. I mean, that's one of the best, better pairings in the NFL. I mean, there's guys I'd rather have Julio and Ridley and this and that, but uh, they're, they're a great pairing. I mean, they're, they're among the elite pairings. And um, the last guy um, of the wide oh, receiver. Can, can oh. I just say one thing about Odell and Jarvis? Oh, oh yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. Oh, I just think it's really cool that they were college teammates and they're also best friends. Yeah. So like Odell's going to want to come back and like show out with Jarvis next year, especially how the last couple of years have gone and Jarvis is still going to do good. He's going to throw a touchdown every now and again. It's awesome. Yeah. No. Yeah. They're, they're both, they're really exciting guys to have. I mean, uh, Jarvis is going super late to, I mean, Mm -hmm. get this guy. I mean, I have him everywhere. Last year he was undervalued this year. He's undervalued. I mean, uh, yeah, he's uh, somebody you want to have, but definitely Odell, I think, will be also undervalued. So both of these guys will be good to have. Um, there's two other guys. Briefly, I think we can touch on Rashad Higgins and uh, DPJ, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Uh, Peoples-Jones emerged as kind of a down-the-field option when uh, Odell Beckham left, and he did okay in that role. He had some drops. I think uh, he's got a, a high upside future. Um but uh, yeah, Rashad Higgins is also a guy that has a really, really good connection with Baker. And um, I do wish uh, Nathan were here because uh, mm-hmm. we had a playoff matchup mm-hmm. in our dynasty league this year. And he had Higgins and I had Jarvis Landry week 16. Mm-hmm. They were going back and forth and then we were going, he was up 0.4 points. I was up 0.4 points and it was just complete madness. I barely, I, I ended up barely inching that out, but uh yeah, Higgins was was the bane of my existence that game because he was <laughs> doing better than than Landry, who was on my team. Um, but yeah, no, he's uh he's a I think if he does resign with the Browns, I mean he's gonna be a guy that you want to have, even with Odell on the field. This is gonna be a really, really solid wide receiver core next year, and I'm excited about it. Um, anything to add about those two guys, man? Uh, I think you pretty much said everything that has to be said about him. I want to talk about Mr. Austin Hooper. Yeah, yeah. He <sighs> He didn't have too good of a year. Not bad. You know, okay. I expected more. But he's going to be going later in drafts, kind of like in where Hayden Hurst and Mike Gusecki and all of them were going this past year because he was going pretty, like, right before all them. He's mm-hmm. falling down kind of in that pack and realm now. You get you get you some Austin Hooper if you need if you're not looking to try to get like a top tight end or you get to like the lower rounds and you maybe want to double dip on tight ends to see which one works. Uh, you know he's got the talent. They're in a good offense. I don't know Austin. I don't know. I think he's gonna turn it around this year, but let's see what the Browns fan has to say about this. Yeah, you know, for me, it's tough. I liked him a lot better in Atlanta. I mean, as a fantasy option. Um, the problem is, is it, uh, you know, remember Kevin Stefanski came from the Minnesota Vikings running mm-hmm. that offense, and they're very tight end heavy. But the thing is, they use multiple tight ends, and they use them pretty evenly. So the thing is, at all times, they have either Hooper and Najoku or Hooper and Bryant, uh, Harrison Bryant, their rookie that they drafted. So. 
it's tough for me to depend on him week to week, I think, but he's definitely one of Baker's red zone targets. And I think if, if you don't have a lot of guys to, if, if you punt on tight end, he's definitely a guy that you can grab late, as you mentioned, and it can turn out as, you know, if he's your tight end one, I'm not thrilled with that, but, but you know, he, he can, he's shown the ability to be a top tight end and he has the pass catching ability. It's just, uh, I do think the Falcons offense kind of propped him up a little bit with, uh, with Ridley and Jones. And then of course, just Matt Ryan. Um, uh, yeah. Having a significantly better quarterback. Well, uh, a significantly taller quarterback ah. that can go over the line. Then that's one thing that, uh, that does prohibit uh, Baker from always throwing down the center of the field. But, um, but yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it sounds like you might be a little bit higher on Hooper than me, but I, I it's hard for me to decide where to land on him. Um, and they what's do hard have for him is like, oh, go ahead. I was going to say what's hard for him is just the fact we were just talking about, you know, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Odell, Jarvis Landry. It's, yeah, he's, yeah, I, and with Odell being out this year and, yeah, and having Higgins, I, I, I really don't see him unless his touchdown percentage just shoots up and Stefanski like changes the way he does things. So, you know what? Actually, maybe I'm going to agree with you. Maybe yeah, the prospects tough. of it's Austin tough. Hooper are looking worse and worse by the day. It's tough, you know, and I think you could get Harrison Bryant a lot later, and he could have maybe a little bit less, but somewhat equal value this coming up year. So he came on at the end of the year. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. But uh, lastly, covering the free agents and uh, and uh, the draft, I think they really need to get uh, – they need outside linebackers. They really need – they're just linebackers, period, inside mm-hmm. guys. Uh, they need a corner to accompany uh, – Yep. Uh, Denzel Ward, although they did have Greedy Williams out for most of the year, so I, I yeah. don't think he's a terrible number two, but it'd be good if they got somebody mm-hmm. else. And uh, they also need safeties, so pretty much just their secondary yeah. and their linebackers. I don't think they need to add much on offense. They have a super solid offensive line. All of them are coming back yep. next year. Uh, they have uh, all the skill positions mm-hmm. on it. We covered like eight different skill position guys today, so I think they pretty oh. much just uh, need to build that defense and make it so that Baker doesn't have to score 30 points to win a game, you know. And they need to do exactly what the Carolina Panthers did last year just go defense every pick. That's how I'd you end up with it. people like Jeremy Chin. Oh, I hate it, but <laughs> you know, that's how if you're just focusing on defensive talent, that's the only thing you're scouting and preparing for knowing your offense is going to be fine. Like you're going to find difference makers like that. Yeah, no, I would love to see that. Absolutely. I, you know, I don't, again, I don't think there's really any urgent need at on offense they need to address. So um, if they did that, I would love to see it as a fan. So uh, with that, we'll move on to my least favorite team in the NFL, which is the Pittsburgh Steelers. God, even like people who aren't, fans of teams in the AFC North hate the Steelers. I, I've always hated oh, I hate them. them. When I became a Browns fan, it just uh, ingratiated that hate even deeper, but I've all, I'll tell you why I've always hated them. Uh, my dad would always be them when we'd play Madden 2000, and you he would lose. always whoop my ass, yes, because so, he loved Hines <laughs> Ward. So, oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I would be the Broncos uh, with uh, Terrell, Terrell Davis and, uh, and he hey. would be the Steelers. And so, yeah, that was – that was I always hated I just kind of always had this adversary mentality towards them because of that. So, uh, started – I came right on. Um, and for those who don't know, Heinz Ward and Terrell Davis both went to the University of Georgia, and they were both elected as Super Bowl MVP. So, take that, Alabama. 
exactly yeah no yeah so that is that's why we would pick those teams exactly so uh so yeah but uh with that let's actually get into the players that are on there now and not in 2000 uh and uh that is uh with quarterback we got a guy who i think is (sighs) uh he has been accused of sexual assault in my home state twice and i hate this guy with all my heart he Uh, rode a motorcycle without a helmet on when you're an nfl player and got hit by yes. a car. He does not make good decisions. No, Big Ben is not a good. But that being said, he has been a very good NFL quarterback. Obviously, a Super Bowl winner. Um, but I think he's pretty much done. Now, look, the first half of this season, he he did well. I mean, he he, he I think he ended up with over four thousand yards. So it's not that he's completely done. But the last half was just so bad, and I think that's the issue. So I'm not sure he can make it through a full season. I think he's going to break down. I think he's going, he, he might have a first good couple of first games, but we see that a lot with the older guys. They just can't make it through the rigors of a full season. Um, are you drafting big Ben? If he's your, Oh, you know, quarterback three, or do you feel good about that? You know, I mean, <laughs> big Ben is about to get paid $40 million next year and then retire. <laughs> Like yeah. if they're gonna like want him to go out there and play, like he'll probably do it. He'll be terrible like he was the last part of the season <laughs> until they bench him. But he's just gonna come out, collect his forty million, and then retire. So I don't want so him that, in any what you think? dynasty or redraft format. There's been some talk of them not actually resigning him, but you should suspect that they will for this next season. No, he's already signed on for forty million this next season. Oh right, it's just I guess it's just a matter of if he retired or not. Yeah, but they're trying to restructure. They're trying to restructure it, or else they're. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, they said they might well, not return as a Steeler next year. So. Yeah, I'm. Mean, oh, I think he has a big cap hit if they cut him. So that's yeah. why I want to restructure. These teams. These we see these teams not giving a fuck about the cap hit and getting rid of their quarterbacks. But the, the Los uh, Angeles yeah, Rams know. have paved the way. I think it's interesting that they got this other guy who I don't think we have to spend too much time on, but Dwayne Haskins, they did pick up at the very beginning of free agency. That's a signal to me. That's a signal to me that they might not believe that Big Ben can make it the whole season either. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, Dwayne Haskins had all of the talent of a, you know, a pocket passing arm talent quarterback. Um, But he just didn't, obviously he was very immature and made a lot of bad decisions on and off field uh for the football team in washington but um maybe big ben can mentor him uh somewhat of a quarterback i don't know i think he's better to have than uh certainly better to have than devlin hodges hodges and uh whatever mason rudolph so uh (laughs) but we'll see i mean i think i think we probably spent enough time talking about Dwayne haskins though anything to add about the quarterbacks before we move on to this uh lackluster running back core Dude, I don't know what the Steelers are going to do. I want to say they're going to throw, like, a draft pick at, like, Trask or something. Um, and ooh, and here's – oh, you know who the Steelers would be perfect for getting? Because they seem like they're thinking about – they've been trying to do it with Mason Rudolph. They're going to be trying to do it with Dwayne Haskins. Get someone like Jamie Newman that's going to fall later or, like, Kellen Mond or, like, Sam Ellinger. Which, yeah. Uh, th- that's the thing everyone's focusing on the top part of this draft but dude there's like quarterbacks who are going to go on later there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks that are going to be going in this draft and are going to be going higher in rookie drafts this upcoming year than people i think have realized it's going to ooh, i i'm excited for it and i think the steelers might be at play there i can tell you kellen mon was a guy that i was a lot higher on the last season i thought mm-hmm. his, uh, his his stock dropped 
a lot. I mean, it was a rough yeah. season. It was an all SEC season. It's really hard when you're one of the not elite SEC teams and you're playing three mm-hmm. to four elite SEC defenses as mm-hmm. opposed to get one or two. Um, so, yeah, his stock did drop. But, yeah, I think I don't think he's going to – obviously, I don't think anybody's going to draft him to start. Uh, but, you know, he might be one of these guys in two or three years. Uh, we hear about him fighting for a job and maybe winning. And, uh, but yeah, Kellamon, J- Jamie Newman is another guy. I mean, uh, kind of screw him because he was supposed to play for the dogs. But Oh, fuck uh, him. But at the same time, you know, obviously COVID concerns, uh, those are very real for a lot of people with that. No, nah, he just sucked and couldn't beat out Stetson Bennett. I see through you, Jamie Newman. Uh, if that's not true, there's no way he needs to be drafted. But uh, uh, or if that is true, I should say. But with that, let's move on to these uh, these running backs. I'm going to say three names, maybe say two or three sentences about each. You got your James Conner. Yeah, I think he's done. I don't think he's going to ever be a super reliable running back again. Uh, he might end up in a committee with another team. He's a free agent, but he's not going to be a stealer next year. Mm-mm. You got Benny Snell, who has a chance, but he's more of a solid power back. And he kind of has bricks for hands, doesn't catch it a lot. Uh, he had a couple of opportunities this year and didn't do too well with it, but that was also in the stretch where the Steelers' offense was just completely abysmal altogether. So I don't know that I can blame it completely on him. I'd look out for him. I would draft him. Uh, I think he's somebody – he could be a sleeper value, but – uh, I think they're going to bring in somebody else to probably start above him. And we got another guy who I was big on last year. I was drafting a lot in the fourth round of my rookie drafts, uh, Anthony McFarlane. Uh, he's a really, really solid pass catcher, and uh, he can really do a lot with it after the catch. Um, I hope to see that role expand. But, yeah, it's possible that they kind of roll out a Benny Snell, Anthony McFarlane deal if they do end up addressing a need like a quarterback or something like that over a running back uh what do you see happening with this next season Micah oh I'm just seeing Najee Harris's name written all over it from their first round pick okay dude I they have I think it's like pick 19 or 20 somewhere in that round 24 if I'm 20 is it 20 yeah because it yeah they made the playoff they made the play Anyways, that dude that's kind of the area i see Najee harris going and he would be perfect he's perfect for the city he's a big strong powerful runner and they need a running back now like they loved what they did with Le'Veon, so they might want to replicate it because james connor's gone Benny snell sucks and anthony mcfarlane i'm pretty sure is more like a third down like receiving option he's not going to be any type of bell cow or anything so i i see them going either Najee in the draft I could also see them picking up Trey Sermon later on. That's the name. Or yeah. here's another guy, Ramondre Stevenson. Okay, yeah. Yeah, no, I think I think those are all good options for draft picks. But as far as the guys that are, that are there, James Conner, Benny Snell, Anthony McFarland, yeah. do you have any hope for them as far as their viability? No. No, none of them. No, like if you picked up like Benny Snell off of waivers and you like drafted Anthony McFarland later – last year like you know huh? we'll see what happens lottery tickets uh, i'm not like certainly buying them but if they fall to you then there's not much else huh? sweet all right chances. i don't know fair enough fair enough all right well with that let's move on to these pass catchers which are very plentiful yes. um and it's interesting there's three guys here uh, uh one juju smith schuster that finishes the wide receiver 17 uh another deontay johnson that finishes the wide receiver 21 and then Chase Claypool finishes the wide receiver 24. So they had three 
top 24 receivers to the three number two receivers. So that's pretty impressive, especially for a guy in Big Ben that we're kind of saying we weren't that impressed with. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's, you know, uh, it's, it's interesting. Micah, before you get into your specific um, feelings on, on each of these guys, uh, rank these guys. Oh, okay. Chase Claypool, number one, Deontay Johnson, two, and Juju, three. Wow. Okay. Simple. I see it a little bit differently there. I think, Ooh, uh, I think, for what me, are you looking at over there? For me, uh, I'm a Juju fan, man. Uh, I, you know, I think he can end up somewhere else as a number one option. I like the Raiders or the Jets for him. Um, I think that that the the Juju, it's tough. It's really tough uh, between uh, Chase and Juju. But maybe this is just my heart talking. But I think I gotta put Juju on there. Um, and uh, definitely in redraft in dynasty, I might look at Claypool and Deontay Johnson's also very young as well. Um, but yeah, I'm a big Juju guy. Uh, but I think he has a great talent. He obviously broke out at the age of 21. He's only 23 right now. And a lot of people feel like he's a lot older. So, I mean, that's another thing uh, to keep in mind, but um, Claypool, obviously uh, he was a wide receiver 24. He did, he had that incredible 40 point game. Um, I mean, he, really did well in spurts but he also had like a seven stretch game where he didn't a seven game stretch excuse me where he didn't uh score above 10 points so Mm -hmm. he was very inconsistent of course if juju's leaving this next year of course juju's expressed he wants to stay i don't think they have the cap for that so no uh you know i think uh claypool will uh his role will emerge but it's uh it's it's hard to say that deontay johnson isn't the wide receiver one in that offense i mean it's honestly really hard to, to value all of these guys because uh yeah, I mean, Deontay Johnson had the most yards. He had seven touchdowns. Uh, he had 88 catches. I mean, um, he's you know you know who Deontay Johnson reminds me of a lot, and I've been about this. Devontae Smith. They're both 180 pounds. Actually, Devontae Smith is listed at 175. Um, and uh, yeah, he's a little. Uh, uh, Deontay Johnson's only an inch taller than Devontae Smith, but. That's the whole deal. That's why everybody, the, the haters of Devontae Smith are off of him because of his body, his mm-hmm. BMI, his body size. But I see him being a guy like, I mean, Devontae, Deontae Johnson is a good comp to him, I think. And I mean, he's very effective in the league. And if you're drafting a guy that ends up being uh, Deontae Johnson, I think you're pretty happy with that. You know, uh, not saying that I think uh, Devontae Smith, uh, his, his, his upside's a little bit higher. But anyways, that's just a comp I had. Um what do you think about these three guys? Let's hear your thoughts. You said you'd have Claypool, Deontay Johnson, and Juju. Why are you so low on Juju? Uh, I just – I think it's the whole TikTok. I think that society has been plummeting since TikTok has been around. And I just think of Juju embracing it makes me feel like he's in some type of cult or something, and I worry about him because he was so cool at first, and now he's just become very lame. And maybe it's just him being like – someone in his early 20s because he came in the league when he was 19 <laughs> the youngest people to get drafted and maybe he just is like hitting that point where he's getting a second contract and maturing and he goes somewhere else and he balls out i just i'm not i don't, I don't see it well is it fair to rank somebody based on i mean you know i don't think tiktok has anything to do with on the field play and no i, mean, I, know, I, I no, i don't either but coupled with his on the field play i'm just like juju like he I'm more disciplined nine. where I'm like, he all right, nine. if he can like mature it out and focus more on football than like dancing and stuff, 
I think that he can maybe turn around somewhere else and he might just need a different locker room and other players to be around. And he's, like I said, I think he's 23 years old and he's just, he, I want him to figure it's like Baker. I just want these guys to figure it out. (laughs) Well, you're saying figure it out. I mean, he was the wide receiver 17. He had 97 receptions, almost a hundred. He had 851 yards and nine touchdowns. I mean, what, what does he need to figure out? He was better than the other guys on the team this year. I know, and I think that's just like more of like his it's experience and being in the role of the offense. No, I mean, I, all right, you could be right about this. I and mean, Juju just proves me completely wrong. And I'm looking at this like week eight, and I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe like Juju just went to Oakland and Derek Carr is hitting him for bombs each and every game. But right. I also just like watching like the Steelers play. I really like Claypool. Uh, you know, he's just he's so big. He reminds me a lot of like these other like big receivers in the NFL: T. Higgins, Mike Evans, and I just ah I like him, and I like that he's going to be the focal point of their offense. Because as much as you're high on Deontay Johnson, I would say Chase Claypool's the alpha dog. And I can be wrong, and maybe Deontay takes the Devontae Smith role. And, you know, Claypool's more of like the red zone threat. And Deontay's just outscoring him with catches and yards every week and maybe a bigger deep threat. I don't know. But I just love, like, when we saw Claypool's huge games, and I just love, like, him as a talent in general. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just – I don't disagree with you there. I think Deontay's going to be the PPR guy. He's going to get the the short reception, screen routes, mm-hmm. things like that. And, yeah, Chase Claypool's definitely going to have more touchdowns. And and he also did show that to be the field stretcher, as big as he is, he also showed the mm-hmm. speed to be able to be the deep target. So I think that's one of the interesting things about Claypool is he's not just a contested catch guy. He's a burn you guy. And uh, that's a, that that's that shows some real versatility. And we could end up in a situation to – where Claypool does end up separating himself from Deontay, but Deontay does better because defenses are focusing on Claypool more and having more safeties and linebackers come over to try to bang with his big body. So since you said for Deontay. So since you said you like Claypool the most, let's just take Claypool here. Don't worry about the other two guys here. And okay. tell me if you would rather have Claypool or for me, this 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 is Juju because Juju is my favorite out of this group. But uh, so so Claypool or Juju uh, for but for you it's gonna be Claypool. Uh, Claypool or Mike Evans? Mike Evans. Claypool. <laughs> Mike Evans is twenty seven years old and has never had under a thousand yards. Everyone don't think so low on Mike Evans. I don't think Clay, comparing him Claypool's low, but yeah, I mean, I, I okay. So Mike Evans. What about Keenan Allen or Claypool? Ooh, that one's tough. I'll, I'm going to take Keenan just for the fact that I know for sure he's going to be the number one offense, offensive weapon for Herbert for the mm-hmm. next four years because he signed on for a while. And he just keeps do- doing good every single year. Uh, I'll go with Keenan Allen. All right. And then last last one, DJ Shark or Chase Claypool? Chase Claypool. Oh, wow. Even with Lawrence. Dude, uh, I I love DJ, but man, oh man, he this is nasty. I watched so much Jags football, and I I don't know what it is with the dude. He's got all the talent in the world, and he's shook. I mean, uh, you know what? Come back to me on that, because you know maybe with Trevor, DJ plays more motivated. But I don't see if you have Minshew on your quarterback, how that doesn't motivate you enough. Yeah, that's interesting. I I expected you to go chart there because I. 
I think I might take Shark over Claypool. So I yeah, thought maybe you'd uh, higher on Shark, but this, this but, last season know, put I, a bad taste in my mouth with him. But you know what? We're not. I'm gonna revisit this. You know that one. I mean, uh, you know, when you have Luton and Glenn, Glennon, and I mean even Minshew throwing to you, a hurt you know, Minshew. A hurt a non one hundred percent Minshew. Oh man, let's not get into your Minshew apologetics here. Uh, the last pass catcher that I do think is worth talking about, especially because um, the other tight end uh, Heath Miller uh, retired after this season was over. Um, Eric Ebron, uh, who at the end of the year he did come a lot, got five touchdowns all in the last half of the year. Um, so I do think he'll have a role increase, and I just was able to get him super late. Um, I mean, way after. Uh, any other starting tight end uh, really uh, in, in the startup I just did. So look out for him for sure. I think he'll have some sleeper value. Anything to add about Ebron there? Yes, I do. And there's one thing that always comes up. This has nothing to do with fantasy, but whenever I hear Eric Ebron's name, you know what it always reminds me of? What's that? He went number 10 in the draft. You know who went right after him? Who's that? Od- Odell Beckham and Aaron Donald. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> they you take a tight end. This is like this guy went. That was, like Lions, but that was the Lions, right? That was, that was the, Lions. the Lions. It was still a top yeah. ten draft pick, and you pick this guy over Odell and Aaron Donald. So there were people in that organization who saw what Ebron had, and he was hyped up coming out of college. He never lived up to that hype, especially compared to those names. He's on the back end of his career. Uh, I don't know. He did play well, though. He just shocked me this year, but it was kind of more in spurts. He had games where he didn't do so hot and the other games where he like started going off, which is strange. And he actually did the same thing playing for the Colts after he left mm-hmm. Detroit. He would have spikes and he would I think he had a three touchdown game or two and then he would you wouldn't hear from him. So, you know, it might not be dependable, but uh, I, if he's your tight end, too, I think he did a decent job at tight end. So, uh mm-hmm. You know, um, with that, uh, is there any uh, needs? I mean, they, we talked about the art running back need. You said what you think they're gonna you're, they're gonna do with their first round draft pick, but um, they also uh, they're gonna need some offensive line help. Uh, that that was definitely deteriorating, yeah. and uh, they're gonna have some defensive uh, replacements with um, oh uh, Bud Dupree leaving. Uh, yep. He's gonna be a free agent. So, uh, yeah, yeah uh, it'll be interesting to see if they get outside linebacker edge rusher to replace him in free agency. But uh, anything to add what you think they're going to do besides uh, you mentioned Najee Harris in the first round? Uh, anything else? I think uh, Najee Harris or one of these other running backs would just complete their offense, like from a skill position-wise besides quarterback, to where maybe they draft a quarterback late, he comes in halfway through the season and gels well with the team or they just like gut it out this year with all these random quarterbacks they have and get a guy next year. Or yeah. they try to build up the defense a little bit. Cause like you said, they're losing Bud Dupree. Um, you know, Devin Bush was hurt this last year, so he'll be coming back. But I mean, their defense through those first like 11 weeks, everyone thought they were the best defense in the NFL and they were playing like it. So it feels like they need to draft for defense, which is weird because their offense needs more help. But I don't know. I'll be interested to see what Steelers are going to do because they're not in a good cap situation. Yeah. All right. I think with that, we can close our discussion on this last team here. And quickly, uh, I think it's been a pretty long episode again, guys. But, yeah, we're going to go into our last uh, little segment here where we like to rank all of the positional players in this division. Um, So I'll start that out. And for quarterback in this division, it was close. 
But in redraft and in dynasty, I'm going to take Lamar over Burrow. So Lamar first, Burrow second, uh, Baker third. And then uh, it was hard for me to find number four, but I put Dwayne Haskins because I draft him over Ben Roethlisberger. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, yeah, pretty much you got Lamar, Burrow, Baker. Uh, Do you agree with that? Mike? I I have the same thing and I just want to touch on each of them. Lamar, we've seen his ceiling and that's why I have him over Burrow. I know that he can be an MVP guy. And that's what edges him out over Burrow, even though Burrow's not too far behind him. He's he's the man in Cincinnati. I like what they're building around him. And it's just – I know what Lamar can do at his best. And then three's Baker, of course. I mean, it's kind of where he slides in. And then four, Haskins. I think right Rudolph is ass. You know, I think he's a racist. Yeah. I believe Miles Garrett – yes yes and um and then big ben's done and i'll just like i said i'll be interested i really think they're gonna they're gonna take a quarterback in the draft whether it be in the first round instead of Najee, or they take one later on man this is actually probably a good episode for nathan not to be on because uh (laughs) yeah we that was another one we went at it about uh situation but anyways um uh let's move on to the running backs here here um i put chubb first i got chubb above dobbins Mm -hmm. uh in both uh formats i have dobbins number chubbers is the man he's the number one back in this division and hopefully the number one back in the nfl uh, in a year from now when we're talking about the following season number two joe mixon Cincinnati has to turn it around at some point, and I'm thinking that this is the time that Joe Mixon needs to shine. With Burrow coming back, maybe they can fill in some pieces on the O-line and him actually like have – because he hasn't had an O-line to run behind. So I'd like to see him with more help around him. And then I would go J.K. at three, run heavy offense, played great his rookie year, and he was just amazing in college as well. So he's three. Kareem at number four straight up off of talent, and he could – if Chubb got hurt or something, in the redraft aspect, I would take him over J.K. and possibly Mixon just because of his workload. Yeah, yeah. But for Dynasty still, even if I don't like to look – if Chubb got hurt, that's just – you don't play him for that in Dynasty. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and then um, at number five, I'd have Gus Edwards. Yeah, I've never so been we- a fan of James Conner. So we agree there. Yeah. Except for I had Dobbins uh, too, and you had Mixon too. I think in redraft, I would take Mixon over Dobbins, but if it's a dynasty, I'm taking Dobbins over, over Mixon. Yeah. And I just, I I don't know. I I mean, besides of Joe Mixon being a woman beater, he's a good football player. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. Try not to root for, for those guys. I try not to either, but sometimes I see their talent. I'm like, dude, I don't like what you've done, but like you are (laughs) extremely talented that just sucks and this is a game you know it's fantasy football it's not real real life football so yeah uh that being said uh yeah for me this next uh exercise was extremely difficult Mm -hmm. extremely difficult uh ranking these wide receivers in this division and my redraft rankings are completely different from my dynasty rankings so which one do you want to hear first micah i want to hear your redraft first and then your dynasty all right for redraft for next season I'm drafting Odell Beckham above all of these guys. Ooh, okay. So, yeah, I think that, that's some spice for me, and it's probably a little bit of homerism for me. But that being said, 
I just I trust it. I trust he has the talent. This offense has pulled it together uh, in Cleveland, and uh, so he's my number one. After that, I have Juju Smith Schuster, another <laughs> take there. Yep, yep. Oh, uh, I, you know, landing spot's gonna matter, but I really, really think he has the shot to be um, a solid, solid number one option. I do think he needs a little bit of help. He needs a good number two to accompany mm-hmm. him. I don't want him to be the only guy there, but. Uh, you know, even even with the Raiders, I think somebody like Ruggs um, and Brian Edwards behind him is a, is a mm-hmm. good little combo. Uh, so um, that's why I like that spot for him. So those are my those are my top two in redraft. After that, it goes Higgins, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool and Tyler Boyd. Um, I think it's really tough uh, to put Claypool at five for redraft for me, but I do think, I mean, I, Higgins, I think is, is going to have a better season. Johnson. I would take Johnson to redraft over him next year, just because of consistency. I'm a guy that mm-hmm. values consistency over trying to predict those spike games. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Tyler Boyd at six. That's another one that's super hard. Honestly, I might put Boyd over Claypool now that I'm talking about it out loud because of that consistency. Uh, but it's tough. We're going to have to see who the quarterback at uh, and the Steelers are for me to have real confidence in Johnson and Claypool. Um, in Dynasty, though, I have it completely differently. Almost every single changed here. I have Higgins, number one. Um, T. Higgins. Uh, I have Claypool, number two. But I switched him two times with Juju. <laughs> I was going back and forth. So uh, Juju is my number three. Odell, number four, which I feel horrible about. Uh, and then I have uh, Johnson, number five. And again, Boyd at six, which just shows the depth of this, uh, mm-hmm. this, this, this receiving core here. But uh, I'd be interested mm-hmm. to see how you have it differently. Um, I don't know if you did two separate Ooh. rankings. If not, you can just give me your one set. Uh, what do you, what do you I- got I think you nailed it with the redraft went ranking. So I'm just going to go to dynasty talk here. Okay. I have the same top two as you. I think Higgins and Claypool are the top two receivers in the division going forward. And number three, I would take Odell. I'm starting to, the more and more I've thought about and looked at it, I'm really feeling Odell going forward. Okay. And I think it's time. And then at number four, I take Deontay Johnson. I'm not super high on him. But I do see the appeal in him. And, I, you know, I'm going to go with him at number four. Okay. And then at number five, I'm going with Tyler Boyd. And then six, I'm going to have Juju. And I'm just lower on Juju than you are. Yeah. And really close to him is Jarvis Landry at number seven. It's, wow. I, I would put in Juju Dynasty. just a little bit in Dynasty, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, just because I think there's a chance Juju could fall off and Jarvis play another four years. Wow. Well, uh, you know, I I don't hate that because I know in the drafts we're going to be drafting together this year. I'm gonna it's going to be a lot easier for me to get Juju. So uh, yeah, I do. I'm not uh, drafting him. But, but <laughs> He's yeah, going to go way before. Uh, that that's surprising to hear. I mean, like I said, I would like to hear Juju's landing spot before I can accurately rank him. But mm-hmm. just in a vacuum, if none of these guys were on teams, yeah, I think for me, I have him number. Or three, uh, but and that's largely due because of his age. Uh, he's a lot younger than Odell, uh, but it was tough to to, to make that call. Um, and lastly, uh, before we close out our discussion today, uh, we can rank these tight ends. Not too much intrigue here. I think yeah. it's pretty clear. Number one is Mark Andrews. Number two, I put Hooper because he's shown it before. But I really do think Ebron is going to be a sleeper tight end next season. But uh, that being said, uh, I still have Hooper number two. 
two, uh, Ebron number three, and then Njoku. Uh, we didn't talk about him much in the Browns coverage, but I do think if he goes somewhere else, he's requested a trade twice from this organization. So mm-hmm. if he can go somewhere else, he can definitely be someone's uh, starting tight end, number one pass catching tight end. So uh, that's my rankings. Uh, do you see it the same? You got anything different there? So uh, obviously I have Mark Andrews at number one. He's the best tight end in this division by far. And number two, though, I'm going to have to go with Austin Hooper. I think that Hooper, I, I just, maybe it's just the part of me having seen him with the Falcons and what he's been able to do throughout his career up until this last season. So I'm going to roll with him number two. And then number three, I have the whatever Bengals tight end gets brought in. I think that offense is just primed and ready for a tight end. And I'll be and I'll be keeping a really really hard look into what Cincinnati is going to do there, but at number four I have Eric Ebron. And if you're trying to you know start for the future, or trying to win right now and not build for the future, because tight ends take a little bit of time to develop, I would take Ebron over whatever Bengals tight end, unless it's like Kyle Pitts or somebody crazy. Right. And you get like you wait for these young tight ends to develop because it takes them time to develop, and you use Ebron for the next year or two. Mm. Yeah, so, and then and then Njoku at five. Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely agree with your Ebron analysis there, and um, yeah, I think that pretty much covers the tight ends. Like I said, Andrews is really the only one that I think is a clear cut uh, fantasy somebody you can build your team around as far as the tight end position. Um, all right, our very last question, as we do every every episode with these series, um, who is going to win this division, Micah? It's going to be the Browns. Yeah. I, there, there's, there's the part of me that wants to say the Ravens, and the Ravens that's, can give them the, the most player. run for their money, but I think the Browns are going to improve on their 11-5 and record, and they could end up having the number one seed next year depending on what they do with free agency moves and the draft. Oh yeah. The Browns could be very, 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 very good next year. So I'm going with them. I completely agree. And just to touch on what you're kind of saying right now, um, the Browns aren't losing much. They're no. only improving. They're only gaining yeah. one of the best wide receivers in the league. That's all that's happening to them. Uh, of course they, they need to build their secondary out. They need some linebacking help. We did mention that, but yeah, all they have is room to improve. They're not going to be a worse team next year. Now that doesn't mean I'm declaring they're going to have a better record than yeah. 11 and five for sure. But I am saying they will be a more solid team next year. Yep. Um, and uh, it'll be interesting to see those close games and stuff, but they're, they're, they're going to win this division. I, I would bet. Uh, I agree. Um, the, the, Ravens are are close, close second. And the Steelers are always sneaky with Mike Tomlin. You yeah. never know. I mean, they yeah. only, almost made the playoffs uh, two years ago with uh with Mason Rudolph as their quarterback. Uh, but but yeah, it's gonna be the Browns. That's that's that's. I'm glad you made that pick, Mike. I thought we were gonna disagree there, but yeah, yeah. I'm in agreement the, there. The Ravens will probably make the playoffs, and then I think the Steelers are gonna have a season like the Patriots. They win like six games and miss the playoffs and kind of take a step down. Yeah. And what about the, you see the Bengals threatening at all? Maybe uh, they're they're probably going to, they're going to improve to like six wins and right. finish probably around the Steelers. I think they're another year away. 
you know, I, I could see I, I could see them being a nice eight and eight, you know, nine and seven kind of team. But I think that's their ceiling yeah. here. Uh, I just I just think the Steelers are at least well coached enough. They can probably pull off one against the Bengals. And then the Browns are probably going to sweep them. And then the Ravens will probably split with them or go sweep them. Yeah. That's the only thing probably, that hurts. Probably right there. Well, all right, guys. Uh, we appreciate you. Anybody that's stuck with us this long. And um, as always, it's a great time talking. I uh, hope. Me and Micah were able to entertain you as much as uh, when it's the three of us. But, uh, yeah, next episode, hopefully we'll have all three of us back. We're excited for that. And, uh, yeah, thank you for listening. We got the NFC East to talk about. NFC East, the worst division in football. Oh, man. Oh, it's going to be a blast. Right. Try not to skip next episode. We promise we'll make it as interesting as possible. Uh, but, uh, yeah, NFC East, you know, not working with the best, best there, but that being said, uh, thank you for joining me today, Micah. Um, it is, uh, just, just Cy and Micah today, but with that fantasy dogs out.